Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzaifa, as always, and today I'm broadcasting from San Francisco, and I'm here because, I think I mentioned this a couple days ago, I am here because I am helping out with a Barbary course. Barbary is a company that does all things related to law and the bar exam, hence the name Barbary. I'm working for a Barbary course called Law Preview, which I do every summer. I've been doing it for like six years, where I work with kids who are about to go to law school, who are very eager to to get in there and start learning about law, and want to do well their first year. And today's show is going to be all about how to do well in your first year. And that's what I basically spend. I spend three days lecturing on the topic, about four and a half hours total, outlining what to do, what I did, what Law Preview recommends, and all these different things as far as setting up a study schedule, case briefing, outlining, etc. And I talk to all the kids and, and I talk to all the students and we run through all the information, give them a plan, tell them exactly what to do when going into law school to gear themselves for success during their first year because your first year is the most important year in law school, bar none. And what happens is if if students go into law school unprepared without that understanding and without really knowing what it takes to perform well during your first year, man, you, you will suddenly find yourself with subpar grades in a situation that you can't really recover from. And it can be pretty devastating, especially if you have ambitions to go into big law or even any other law firm. It can be very tough if that first year is squandered. So today what I'm going to do is we're not going to do a four and a half hour show, of course, but a lot of the way that I teach or explain these things is by sharing my experiences when I first started at the University of Minnesota transferring to Northwestern, how I was able to do that, how I was able to get the grades to make that transition happen. And I'm going to run through, just keep a really short run through six things in particular that I did in law school that I think for me personally were critical for my success. And while I don't necessarily advocate that everybody does things exactly the same way, I think that by, for the most part, if you, if you generally follow these six things, I think you're going to, it's you're going to be hard pressed not to find success. Let me put it that way. And granted, I did work pretty hard. I took it to an extreme level, you might say, but it's not much different from what you'll have to do as an attorney working for a big law firm as far as the hours that will be required, etc. It's pretty demanding. It's pretty grueling. So the way I like to explain it and the way that I tell students to think about it is think about this as training ground for what you're going to, of course, one day have to do. And if you put it in perspective that way, I think it's going to it's going to feel a lot more gentle and a lot more natural. So here we go. Let's start off with the list of six things that I did that I feel were central to my success during my first year 
and basically getting me the grades that I needed to get into Northwestern, which is, of course, a top school. Minnesota is a great school, too, by the way. And I, I actually loved going to school there, would have been happy to stay there. But it was a goal that I set for myself right off the bat that I wanted to transfer if I had the opportunity. I got into Michigan and Northwestern both and decided to go to Northwestern because I went to undergrad. I did my undergraduate at Michigan. Technically, it's a slightly higher ranked school, but I didn't really care. It's it's kind of they're in the same ballpark as far as I'm concerned. And man, Chicago. Awesome. What a great city to live in. So I went with Northwestern and loved it to death. It was amazing. Such a great experience. Made amazing friends. And I think it set me up nicely for, granted, I had a, a relatively brief legal career, only four years, but I think it set me up nicely to get into exactly the firm that I wanted to go to. All right, so here we go. So we are going to start with the six things that I did. And these are, of course, I can't say that these are my own creative ideas, A lot of this stuff I pulled from the law preview course, which is why now I teach for them and I'm so excited to teach for them because it helped me so much because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to succeed in law school and I just took their blueprint and their formula and applied it without question, trusting in the expertise of Don McCauley, who is the the founder of law preview, trusting in his expertise and it just took a lot of worry and confusion and, and basically just... Uh, ignorance about the time. I took all that away and said, hey, here's the plan. Follow this. You'll be okay. So number one, the first thing I did, probably one of the most important things, to be honest, is I kept a very strict schedule of working 12 hours every day. Again, this is the advice from Law Preview. I followed it and I set my schedule from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So what did this mean? This means that I showed up every day at the library. I live really close. I live right across the street from law school. Had a great spot in Seven Corners area of Minneapolis. Lived right across the street. Even when it got cold, wasn't a big deal. Put my clothes on, walked across, started my day nice and early. Actually, it was between 8 and 9. So if I got there at 9, I'd work till 9 p.m. It just depended on exactly when I got to school. And... The, the 12 hours a day is great because it includes class time, but then it also includes your time for your reading, for your briefing of cases. Briefing is a way to take the cases and essentially kind of make like a short little summary of each case where you're putting in the procedural history, you're putting in the case disposition, the holding, the, but more importantly, the reasoning and the rule of law that you are extracting from each case. And so I'd make my little briefs and I'd usually be ahead by about two to three days for my readings because I would stick with this very specific schedule. And then I know at the end of my 12 hours, I'm not going to worry about anything else. I'm not going to stress out. I have the plan and then I just go home. And then also incorporated into this 12 hours a day. Initially for the first six weeks, we only go 12 hours Monday through Friday and then six hours the remaining days, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But then Built into that 12-hour schedule starting October 1st is the outlining. So the outlining, I began very early, and I had the time to do it because I had already committed to this to this aggressive schedule. So I was working on my outlines. Most of my outlines were done right when the reading period began, when classes were over, when most students were then running around trying to make their outlines, get everything assimilated and organized, that was already done. And I spent that time period reflecting, studying, reviewing, and taking practice tests. So I got to emphasize, I think this is such a great way to approach it. I wouldn't just look at what you have on the agenda for the next day, stick to the schedule, and man, you'll just, it'll just really make you feel nice and relaxed and super ahead of the game. 
Okay, number two, I did all my own outlining and note-taking. So you may be tempted, and actually even the recommendation from Law Preview is to get some really good outlines from other students who had your professor, so on and so forth. And you can do that, and, and I actually did that as well. I ended up not really using the outlines that I had gathered. I didn't rely on them too heavily because I found that it, it, it didn't help me in particular. This is where it depends on your specific learning style or learning styles. But for me, I found that I needed to go through the process of making my own outlines in order to really solidify the information and material in my brain. And if I didn't do that that, uh, myself, I actually felt lost when I was looking at these outlines from an objective standpoint. They were way more organized and nicer and neater and cleaner than my outlines, but they didn't make sense to me. And my outlines, even though they may not have been perfect, um, if I if I'd given them to somebody, for me they were great. So that was the that was the thing is I understood where everything went, why it went where it went. It made a lot of sense to me. But moreover, going through that process of outlining, man, it was it was so helpful. And we're talking about note taking. I mean, of course, you should th- this this means for me in particular. I know I had kids, a- other students, ask me for my notes, and I actually gave them freely. I didn't really care if if people wanted to borrow them, but. I think it's really important that you take your own notes for the same reason that it's your notes are going to make sense to you. Somebody else's notes, they will make a lot less sense. Instantly, as you start reading your own notes, different memories are going to be triggered from, oh, I remember when I wrote this. I remember when he said that. And it, it's it's just going to be such a richer me, uh, medium and, and product for you when it's literally written from your own hands. So do all your own outlining if you have the, if you can do it. And if you stick to the schedule, you'll have more than enough time. Definitely take all your own notes. Okay. Number three, which I think was really important for me, especially when I went, because I wanted to transfer and I needed letters of recommendation. The third thing I did was I talked to my professors almost every day after class, after the the session concluded, I would go, there's usually a line, you can go talk to your professors. I would go talk to them after every class. And also I'd go to their office hours very regularly, go to their office hours, sit with them and ask them questions. Now you may think, well, what, you just made up questions to go and chat with them just to get to know them. That may seem a bit insincere, but I'll tell you what. It doesn't work like that at all because I guarantee you, you will have questions after every class or something that maybe you could get clarification on or maybe you were wondering, hey, well, by the way, if the case had gone like this, what do you think would have happened there? You'll have so many questions. The stuff will be so new and so interesting, hopefully, because it was very interesting for me. You'll have all these great questions. Go ahead. Don't be intimidated. Talk to your professors. They're really not that scary one-on-one at all. And they're pretty They're pretty cool and pretty honestly like will want to – they'll be pretty excited to chat with you, chat with somebody during their – office hours because a lot of kids, a lot of students won't want to go. So keep that going. And then you can, as that relationship builds, they'll be more likely to look at your mock answers for your mock exams and help you guide you along and say, you know what, you missed these points, but this looks good. I would work on this. Make sure you understand that. They'll help you out if you're if you're going there. So that's going to help you on the exams. And moreover, if you do want to transfer, well, when you have to get your recommendation letters, they know you. They're going to say, hey, he puts in a great effort. Even if, hypothetically, your grade doesn't end up being an A or A+, if in that scenario, they could still give you a great recommendation letter just because they see the effort you're putting in. In fact, I did get an A- in one of my classes. Still, I still asked that professor for a recommendation letter. 
and he gave me a great one. So it, 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 if you build this relationship, man, it will really, it will really go a long way. Number four, I didn't get involved in student politics or study groups. Now, when I, when I mean student politics, I actually, I wasn't involved in, in the actual student government, but I don't mean that. I mean, student politics, meaning, man, it's going to be like a second high school. It's a small group of people you're going to be in all your classes together with, and there's going to be drama. Uh, it's just going to happen. People are going to start dating each other. People are going to break up and date each other in the class. There's going to be cliques, and there's going to be all this crazy, it's just nasty drama. And first year, that's the time when I would really say, you don't need to be involved in that stuff. Keep You can still make friends, still hang out with people. But really, and especially, I just think it's a terrible idea to date people in your class, your first year especially. You can avoid it. You don't need to do it. And a a lot of times you start dating, guess what? You break up during finals, man, that would be awful. It's just such a, a horrendous and unnecessary thing to deal with while you're trying to study the first time you're ever taking a law school exam. So I would say absolutely avoid it. I did. I very successfully avoided all these crazy politics and fights and all this stuff. I was, I just kept myself out of it. I had a, a few really good friends in my first year that we would study with and hang out. And every now and then I would go chill with my classmates. But overall, kept to myself, did my thing, and it worked out great. Didn't get and, – and I don't recommend study groups. Neither does Law Preview. I didn't use one. I don't think you need one. The recommendation is instead make your professor your study group. Ask your professor for clarification. Bounce ideas off of him or her. That's a much better way to go about it. You're asking other classmates about questions. Well, they're trying to learn it just like you are. Uh, it's, it's not what you can do. And you'll have more than enough opportunity to bounce things off your professor. Okay, number five. Believe it or not, as crazy as my schedule was, I exercised every day in law school. And that was a recommendation made by Law Preview. And I already had been working out really regularly anyways. And I just said, well, I'm going to keep it up. I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to fall off the wagon. I actually got in better shape at the end of my first semester than I was coming into law school, which is pretty cool. And you can, you'll have time to do this 45 minute workout. You can make it to the gym. You take it as a break, come back, eat something quick and then get back to work. And I got to tell you, I felt like it was so essential for me to keep my head clear. It had a point where I could reset everything every day. And it was just really nice. It was nice to have that regular regularity and routine to keep my body and mind in sync. So I would absolutely recommend it. And even if you don't like to exercise, I would suggest picking it up as something to do when you're in law school. Because I, I just I can't say enough good things about the mental benefits of regular exercise. Finally, number six, one of the most important ones, if not the most important, I'd say this and number one are tied. Go to every class. Attend every class. I attended every class. Now, when I was an undergraduate, I was a habitual class skipper. I would rarely go to my my classes. And my grades suffered for it, actually, an undergraduate. And I came to law school thinking, well, you know what? I want to really take advantage of this. I want to do my best. 
So I am not going to miss any classes. I just made my mind up right from the beginning and I was able to stick with that. And it felt so good at the end of the semester to say that I, cause I, I don't, I think most people attended most of the, almost all the classes, but I don't know. I, I don't know that many people who were able to make it to every single one. I was definitely one of them. I never missed a single class. It was great. And not only did it feel good, I I just think I just don't know if doing well for me in particular would have been possible without going to class every day. It helped me get in touch with the professors. It helped me so much understand material that I thought was very confusing at times. It was just fantastic. And I think you'll enjoy the whole process much more if you read it, then you review it in class, and then you get to go back and review it again. It's going to make a lot more sense. It's going to be a lot more fun. So that would be my recommendation, of course, don't skip. And it, it, it can be a vicious cycle. You might skip one day because you're not prepared. You're afraid to get called on. And you're just like, I'm going to just take the class time to actually read. Okay. But it's a vicious cycle. You skip once, you're going to want to skip again and again. And next time you get behind, you're just going to keep doing that. It's a bad idea. Instead, if you really are behind, my recommendation is go talk to your professor, be open, be honest about it and say, Hey, I really want to come today, but I got to be honest with you. I just didn't get a chance to do the reading last night. Uh, this is the first time I missed it. Here's why. If you want to say why, you can just say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I just want to be up front with you. Anyways, boom. Usually they'll be pretty nice about it. And they actually, even if they were going to call on you that day, they won't call on you that day. And hopefully they'll do that. The next time, or they'll, they'll pick another random day to call on you. So that would be absolutely what, how I would handle it. Don't just skip instead. So that's it. That's Those are the top six things that I did. There's other things, of course, that I did as well that I think were less important. But these were critical in helping me get the grades that I needed in order to achieve what I wanted to. And not only did these grades actually, by the way, help me transfer to Northwestern, but they also allowed me to nab a, it basically got me my position as a summer associate, just my first semester grades, not even my second semester grades. I was able to use those to apply to a particular minority scholarship offer from the firm that I ended up going to in Washington, D.C. They took my application, I got interviewed for it, and they eventually made me an offer to come be a summer associate there after my second year. So when everybody was interviewing for positions, I already had my summer associate position for my second year. And then that's the firm that I ended up choosing after when I graduated law school. So all that from first semester grades. And it was it was pretty cool to to have all that. So, yeah, it, it, it was very important. Helped me do what I wanted to do and helped me begin my career in patent law. If you guys have any questions or comments, you can hit me up, email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. If you want to check out the show notes for today, I'll have links to Barbary and Law Preview as well if you want to check out those courses, if you are going to start law school, and that will all be in the show notes at www.scalarlearning.com. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Got new episodes coming out every day this summer. We're just a little more than halfway through, but got a lot of great content coming up, so it should be good. Thank you guys for joining me. See you guys next time. Take it easy.